0: Here we go! It's Rumination Tuesday, where we take a look at a hymn, and it is November the 16th, in the year of our Lord 2021, and the hymn we're looking at, and we're going to listen to, Lo, He Comes with Clouds Descending. Slow he comes with clouds descending.
1: What do you think about this hymn I love it? I love it. I love this hymn. Really? I I remember I remember hearing it uh one of the first times on KFUO radio as I was driving. I I had I actually had tears welling up in my eyes. I absolutely love this hymn.
0: I imagine you're singing it Sunday.
1: Oh yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> first opening hymn, yes.
0: That's great. Lo, he comes with clouds descending. It surprised me. In fact, um, Louise always gets the number of the hymn for me for the particular Sunday we're doing. And it surprised me that she gave me this hymn because this is in the Advent season, which starts next Sunday. But why would you think that they have it on the last
1: Sunday of the church year? Well, because the last Sundays of the church year our our lessons also turn us to his second coming. I would say the last two Sundays, uh, this Sunday coming up yep. and also the previous Sunday, uh, get us to reflect upon his reappearing on the last day.
0: Yeah, what I'm going to be preaching on, the, the gospel says, Jesus says this, that um, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening or at midnight or when the cock crows or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And when I say to you, I say to you all, stay awake. So we're going to be telling people that they can no longer sleep at night.
1: <laughs> no, you, when you say stay awake, that means be alert spiritually. That means be strong in the word and sacrament.
0: Thank you Having very the much. whole armor of God. What are you preaching on this Sunday? Oh, you're going to be. <laughs> you're not
1: doing the lessons again. <laughs> no, I'm gonna. I'll tell you what. Since I, I focused on the on the second coming last week, I'm going to focus on the passage where it talks about His angels. His angels coming with him. And part of the reason is the cover of the leaflet for this Sunday out of Concordia Publishing House has Jesus reappearing uh, in all of his glory, surrounded by legions of angels. And so what text are you using? Uh, it's uh, I think it's it's third chapter, Mark chapter 13, verses 26 and 27.
0: Oh, well, that's part of the readings. Right, of course. I asked you, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power, and then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Okay, that'll be an interesting sermon. On this first stanza, uh, he's going to be coming in clouds descending. Why yeah. is that important to know? Because a lot of people think that God the Father is going to be the judge, but it's God the Son.
1: It's God what the does Son. that
0: remind you about about his about clouds? He's coming descending through them.
1: Well, he told he told when he was uh, I think it was before Caiaphas. He said, "And you will see the Son of Man coming in clouds."
0: And then how did he leave the earth?
1: Well, the angel says the angel said he will come in the same way that you saw him go. A cloud removed him from their sight. They they saw exactly. him ascend and for and uh, finally a cloud removed him from their sight and the angel standing by, I think there were two of them, and said, "What are you looking up in the in the air for? He'll come in the same way that you saw him go." Yes. And so that needs
0: to be brought into and understanding that this is exactly what's going to be happening on the last day, at a time when nobody knows about it. And therefore, we sing hallelujahs. Now, in this hymn, there's only three hallelujahs. There are not as many hallelujahs as in
1: some other hymns. Yeah, you but know, one thing One thing I like about that that opening stanza is the music actually descends... You know what I mean? The, the musical scale actually descends, lo he comes with clouds descending. And as you're singing that, you're going down in in the musical scale, which is really, I, I, it's just it's just neat. The music is so wonderful. And the words, of course.
0: Well, that's a very good point. That Real good organists often play the music in a way that fits with the words. Uh, I remember one organist we had. Every time it talked about the devil, uh, the organ really sounded loud.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay. Stanza two, please.
1: Okay. Every eye shall now behold him, robed in glorious majesty. Those who set at naught and sold him pierced and nailed him to the tree, deeply wailing, deeply wailing, deeply wailing, shall their true Messiah see.
0: Well, that really answers the question we had last week. What happens to those who are not going to heaven? Are they going to be raised also on the last day? And yeah, the they'll Tim be makes raised it too. very clear, and this is the Charles Wesley version of the hymn, makes it very clear that even unbelievers will be raised from the dead, but they will be wailing when they see the Messiah,
1: yeah, in fact, one of the passages given at the bottom of the page, I think it's um revelation I think it's revelation one seven it yes. talks about all nations shall wail. Uh, on account of him. Now, now, obviously, that's talking about unbelievers. But all the nations uh, will will wail. They'll, you know, I, I remember somewhere else uh, might be in the Psalms where it talks about they'll wish that the mountains could cover them and the hills fall upon them. Exactly.
0: Yeah, people are not going to be happy about his return when no. they are unbelievers. Yes, and they're going to have an eternal wailing, and that's right. why it's so important that we get out there and and try and share the message of Jesus Christ with as many people as we are able to talk to.
1: You'll save them
0: a lot of grief and terror, let me tell you. Absolutely. Um, You won't believe it, but this week I had to uh, deal with some business, and the person I was dealing with, she was wonderful, wonderful lady, and she had just come from India, and her husband, and she was a Hindu. Uh huh. I wasn't sure what to say to her, because I know Hindus really believe you're saved by your works. And I said, uh, well, how are you going to heaven? And she said, well, I've been as good as I can, and I'm still working on it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Told her I'm a Lutheran pastor, and told her that we believe that no works either send you to heaven or send you to hell. And she was really surprised at that. But her husband is a Christian. And I'll so she that. had her reading the Bible. And she said, yes, she was going through a dark time. And she remembered the words of Jesus, who said, I will never leave you. I will always be with you. I will never forsake you. She said, that is so comforting to me. And then I asked her, now she's a Hindu, I asked her, do you believe in Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for your sins? She said, oh, yes. And I said, if you were to die today, you would be in heaven. And she was so glad to hear that. So here's a, a woman who's a Hindu, and yet she's also a Christian. So the point I want to make, we got to be very careful that there are a lot of Christians who themselves may not know they're Christian. They don't attend church or whatever, but through hearing about Jesus Christ, they have come to believe his word.
1: That's right. That's right. That's why we got to Well, God bless her husband. I hope he continues to witness to her. And uh, that's, uh, boy, I'll tell you, that was a great great witness you gave her right there, Tom.
0: Yeah, he was, uh, he is a Christian. I asked what? And she told me, but I hadn't recognized it. But then when I was reading for this hymn, uh, one of the hymn writers had become a Moravian. And that sounded like what she had said. So Mm -hmm. I'll be seeing her again and make sure uh, what he is. But, uh, boy, that's why Paul says just because your spouse may not be a Christian doesn't give you grounds for divorcing. That's right. They may become a Christian by hearing
1: you. Yeah, and always be ready to give a, a reason for the hope that is in you. Absolutely.
0: Okay, I'll read stanza three. Okay. Those dear tokens of his passion, still his dazzling body bears, cause of endless exaltation to his ransomed worshipers with what rapture with what rapture with what rapture gaze we on those glorious scars. Now what's that him talking about? What scars?
1: He's talking about the scars that he bears, you know, the the nail prints in his hands or wrist and uh the wound in the, the wound in his side and i suppose also the uh the the wounds left by the uh the thorns that he wore on his brow those will all be uh they'll all be visible when he comes again and glorified
0: yeah i have never thought about that i thought that he would have a perfect body and if his body is having the tokens of his suffering why will our bodies not also have those tokens.
1: Well, you know, I was thinking about this before the program. Uh, I know, you know, it talks about him and his post-resurrection appearances, still having the nail prints and the and the scar in his side. Um, and I know other hymns. Other hymns talk about those uh, glorious scars and wounds. Uh, I've I've seen that in other in different hymns. Well, uh, but that i was is trying... before his ascension no i think I've, i think they even talk about the way they do here they talk about here this being as no, he no, returns no, no. I'm with talking those saints same...
0: biblically. what there there's no evidence in the bible after his ascension the scars are still there
1: well that's what i was looking for i was i, I couldn't find any passage that no, refers no there's to no them. passage yeah there is no passage but yeah but i do know that that hymns, I mean, for what it's worth, there are other hymns that talk about those scars,
0: yeah, I know yeah, I know it's, it's, it's like away in a manger, remember it says no crying he makes, yeah, right no i'm I'm afraid uh, there's no Bible yeah. passage to back that up, and he was a baby, he would be crying, right. It's not a sin to cry when you're hungry or
1: need to be changed or whatever. So what would you call that, an open question, Tom? You call that an open question, whether or not you'll be seeing the wounds uh, when you see him in glory? Well, maybe there's someone who is
0: more attuned to biblical verses than we are on this matter, and I'd sure be interested in getting an email from them as to whether or not Jesus and his wounds. It just doesn't make sense to me to see his... Like, as you just said, his head still pierced with those thorns, uh, the marks of it and such. I I can understand his wrists where he was crucified in his feet and his side because Thomas saw that. But as to whether or not that really is true, I don't know. I've always been telling people that we had a big discussion in Bible study last week huh When you go to heaven,
1: what age will you appear to be? Mm-hmm. I hope in my prime. <laughs> well,
0: if I'm in my prime, yeah. then the last seven churches I've been helping with will not recognize me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I I just it just came to my mind what other hymn talks about those uh those uh, glorious scars. And it's uh, crowned him with many crowns. Yes. Yeah. In fact, um I'm opening up the service with that. Yeah, that has I'm closing the service with that. But um but that has that refers to the scars. Uh and and of course he's in his state of glory. Okay. Please read stanza four. Okay. Uh yay amen. Let all adore thee, high on thine eternal throne. Savior, take the power and glory. Claim the kingdom as thine own. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Thou shalt reign and thou alone. Okay,
0: I've got some questions about this. Is Charles Wesley, of course, who, who isn't Lutheran. But when it talks in Revelation, who's on the throne? It's always God the Father.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Jesus is at his right hand. Right. You know, it's interesting. Um Last Sunday, on the cover of the leaflet, the worship leaflet cover, yes. it uh, it showed it showed Jerusalem the Golden. You know the beautiful streets and everything. And above it had Christ sitting on his throne, and to his left was the Lamb. I thought that was kind of interesting,
0: but that's what the Bible says in Revelation. They worship the Father on the throne. And also the Lamb.
1: Well, this and looked both like of Jesus. Them, it looked God. like Jesus on the throne. Pardon? It looked like Jesus on the throne. Maybe it was the Father, but it, it certainly looked like our Lord Jesus on the throne. And to the left of him was the Lamb. I thought that was kind of interesting, because you know I think of the Lamb as as, as uh, signifying Jesus. Well, that's what John the Baptizer says,
0: right? Behold the Lamb of God who has come to take away the sins of the world. So, and he wasn't on the right of the throne?
1: Uh, he was to Jesus' right. But as you looked at the picture, he was on, pictured on the left. Oh, that's interesting.
0: That was last. night. well, we got some questions put... here. But thanks so very much on Tomorrow's Law and Gospel. Uh, we're going to be talking about a subject that we hope you will find interesting. I'm Tom Baker, Pastor Mark Smith, and uh, hopefully we'll have a better reception tomorrow. God bless you.